Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It is the Monday of our May 2-4 weekend, our our three-day, what is it, long weekend, Victoria, Victoria Day. Day. We're the only country in the world that We're the only one that still Victoria hangs Day. on to the queen. Yeah. <laughs> still hanging on to the queen. <laughs> and in <laughs> fact... Their own lineage is walking away from yeah. that, and we're hanging on to it. It's just us. And in fact, our guest tonight is in the States, so... It's so not he really a long, doesn't give a shit. Yeah, not a long weekend for you guys. It's like, what the fuck is made two for? <laughs> <laughs> well, here in Canada, it is the unofficial start to summer. And if we weren't in lockdown, normally this is the weekend where everybody heads north and goes to their cottages or trailers or whatever and camps for the weekend. And because we're still in this lockdown and in a stay-at-home order, that's not what happened. Although Mark and I did go up, I think, twice. Um, we were allowed to go in for maintenance purposes only and we went up Our twice up north yeah. yeah went up twice to get some uh well not even to get landscaping work done we went to drop off Islands. I, I drove 40, all weekend 40 patio stones that weigh 100 pounds each that wasn't fun <laughs> I am I am red like a lobster because I don't tan I just burn and peel and burn again it was a good weekend <laughs> Let's uh, yeah. Let's introduce let's Mark. Let's introduce Mark number our guest. One. Mark number one. Mark number two. Mark you, number one. You guys could do rock paper scissors one, for who's going to be number one and number two. So uh, yeah, tonight. See, this is a really bad uh, childhood reference to washroom shit, <laughs> or or this is just a really bad Star Trek reference. I can't figure out which one it is. Oh really. my god. Well, tonight, know. me, Amanda, I am sandwiched between two marks. Not actually, because the other mark, as I mentioned, is American. He's in Pennsylvania. We are talking to him over Zoom. He's a licensed massage therapist and certified neuromuscular therapist in the U.S. And uh, just recently discovered our podcast, decided to send us an email about all the cool things he's been doing. And he's been a LMT for 30 plus years or 30 years. So we've got a boatload of experience here tonight. Um, I'm going to let Mark introduce himself, actually. So thanks for hanging with us on a Monday evening. You know what I do want to know before you start ripping into your stuff? Because I've never done this. And so I want to know what goes through the mind of someone who hears the podcast and says, I want to reach out. Like, how does that go in your head? Because I know for me, just I'm way too shy for this. I'm an introvert. So I, I wouldn't even think, I wouldn't even dream of that. I would hear something, really appreciate it, enjoy it, and think to myself, that was kind of cool. I like that. I think I'll listen to another one. I would never, me, just be like, I, I'm going to reach out to them. So I want to know what even goes on to say, yeah, let me do that. Although, and that's cool. We love that kind of I'm stuff. I'm so happy people do that. We dig that completely. So I just want to know how you how you come about getting there. I'm like you, Mark. Mark two or Mark American Mark, however you want to call it. I'm exactly like you. I'm introverted. Um, I don't reach out normally, but I sort of... so. Every New Year's, my wife and I, we get together with our friends and we do our New Year's goals, right? And um, they're pretty intense. Like we will write them down, put them in a box, lock the box, then check next year to see how you did. Um, so it sort of sucks, you know, because it usually never works out well. And you're accountable to three other people then. They're accountable, right? They're accountable. So what I did was I just stole my wife's goal, which was now. So now do things now. And it's, it's again, it's one of those things I don't want to do. I don't like doing. I feel uncomfortable talking. I'd rather... It's a control thing, right? I'm, I I interview people like on, on with my blog and things like that. Um, I like that. 
I don't like this other position of, of being the one that doesn't know what's going on, you know? So, <laughs> so that, that's, it, it's, it, it's a big stretch for me. Um, and, um, I'm just going to keep doing it for 2021. Right on. How long have you guys been doing the whole new year's goals, lock them up and, and look at them the next year? How long have you been doing that for? It's been about five, five or six years now. And I really look forward to it because it's, um, it's not only accountability, but it really makes you think about, you know, what it is you want in this particular year. What do you want to do? Um, and for me, I just pared down. I used to have like five goals and I was like, nothing would ever happen. So, right. and, um, you know, even if you're not aware of it subconsciously, it sort of works in you and, you know, you're pretty, you find yourself being pretty close to on target. So reverse of the accountability thing. And I don't know where I read this before and I've read it somewhere. It's a real thing. I'm not making this part up that the other half or the other side or the other, the other, you know, the other piece the polar opposite of telling everyone your goals is to not tell anybody anything. And I've read somewhere where from a psychological standpoint, that's actually a really good idea because there's something that happens in your brain when you start telling people about the goals that you have, and it almost makes you feel like you've somewhat accomplished those goals to some degree. And therefore you start to get really lax about your goals. I've So I, I wish I remember where I read this before, the idea of not saying anything to anybody, although the, then you lose that whole accountability thing, but the psychological piece that apparently plays in your brain that, hey, at least part of this goal has been achieved just by vocalizing to other people, then it slows down the whole process. Or I might've made that up. I I don't know. I don't think you made it up. I have I have also heard things of that nature. And I think it depends on how big your goals are and what those goals are. So, uh, you know, some people do need the accountability. And sometimes I think it probably is beneficial just to keep it to yourself. And, you know, keep focused on what you need to do and keep people out of it. Because when you bring people into it, there's also a lot of opinions. And sometimes that uh, can actually work in the reverse. If you've got a bunch of people saying like, Oh, have you done this yet? Have you got here yet? Have you done this yet? And Mark right now is rolling his eyes because we had a, lo- a long weekend of people giving us their opinions. <laughs> very, very long weekend. But anyway. What was that about? <laughs> Just everything about... You got me curious Okay, because like, we're taking a whole bunch of stuff up, up north to our, our new place up north, right? And so I don't really like to involve people, but because this is going to be a lot of driving and back and forth and loading stuff up, and it's an hour and a half drive in one direction. So for me to go back and forth several times a day, it's just a lot of time sitting in the car. So we had a couple of people reach out like, hey, can we help? Like, we'll help you. We'll help you. But I'm always like really weary about it because along with your help always comes your opinion on stuff, how to pack this, how you should take it down, what you should do with it, what route are you going to take? And I'm like, I'm so not about any of this. Like, this is why I would rather go up and down 12 times by myself than to right. do three times with a bunch of people because the right. extra it's, and I'm very appreciative. I'm don't, don't get me wrong. I'm really appreciative of all the help, but it just fucking plays in my mind so much that it's just like, it's not worth it to me to have that help for the for the for the right. anxiety or the stress that that scenario brings on i don't know probably didn't help that one of the people right. helping was your father-in-law because you feel like you have to Absolutely be polite no. oh, <laughs> oh, <God>. my dad's <laughs> the best but he's got a lot of opinions yeah. <laughs> anyway let's hear about you though like you said i've been doing massage for 30 something years what, what i've done is i stopped counting because at some point you don't sound experienced you just sound old so I just like, you know, 30-ish years. I wonder what that point actually is. We should do a study on that. We should do a study on that. What point yeah. is it that it just sounds like you've just been there a long time and it just sound old versus that's a lot of experience. Right. I, I, there's one study that I heard and I'm 
sort of pulling this out of my butt. I don't know the details, but it's about the experience of a doctor and like, what, where do you want to get your doctor and what range? And it's not the really youngins because they don't quite know enough, but it's not the real old ones because they don't know enough. <laughs> you are absolutely right. When I, I switched doctors um, seven years ago when we had our first child, because I didn't want to bring my brand new baby to my doctor who was probably 10 minutes away from retirement. So I wanted to start with somebody new that I could go to myself, I could bring my kids to. And when I was looking, one of the doctors I met, I'm sure she was wonderful, but she was a resident. So she was brand spanking new, like just out of med school. Like, I mean, still technically in med school, right? Like she's a resident. She's not even fully like independently a doctor yet. I don't know what the terminology is here, but I was like, she's uh, still in pull-ups. She's in doctor yeah, pull-ups. Like, uh, gotcha. you're, you're like a little younger than I wanted to go. I was looking for somebody about my age because then I felt like, okay, you're not a child. You know, you're in your thirties and you probably have some experience, but you're also like still pretty sharp because you haven't been out of school that long and you're not going to retire at least anytime soon if we're roughly the same age. So I found a woman who, um, yeah, she's probably about my age. She's got children about my age and she was done having babies. I'm like, you're perfect. Done. <laughs> now I hear that my wife and I do that with our vet. We don't have kids, but we have a lot of cats, right? We rescue cats. And um, so we have a vet who he's gotten bigger. So he's got these, what we call baby docs, baby vets. So they're like the interns that come in and, you know, some of them are okay for just basic stuff, but once you get into more advanced stuff, Mm -mm. you want the person who's been there, you know, has that experience. So we're going to say, Mark, you're not, you're not old, you're experienced. (laughs) 30 years. That's still experience. That's in the experience category. Thank you. Yes. So, um, I've been practicing massage for a while and, um, I have, we have a a couple offices, um, in PA. We also uh, teach continuing, continuing education like you guys do. And, um, I also have a blog. And um, I've been doing the blog for about five years, coming up to six years. I really like that. Um, I, I've been writing for like 15 or 20 years-ish. I uh, wrote for some mag. I write for some, um, I'm kicking back up into the magazine writing. So I'm writing for some uh, massage magazines now. And um, the blog was just a, a way of um, continuing that. And also to, you know, um, take my experience, not my oldness, and uh, try to send it in a way that could potentially help uh, massage therapists. So the blog is about um, how to make more money and how to stay out of pain. And those were the big things that I struggled with for you know a good part of my massage career, especially the pain thing, because as a neuromuscular therapist, um, it, you're doing very precise work, very focused work, origin insertion, and, um, you know, things get beat up, especially thumbs. And, you know, when I first came out of school, I was just, you know, all gung-ho and I was, you know, jamming them thumbs and, and uh, just going at, at it. And, you know, eventually that backfired because you, then you can't do as many massages. You're in pain. When you're in pain, you know, everything suffers. You're not doing your best job. You're doing, um, you're, you're presenting clients, you're going to be potentially looking for a new career. So that was like an ongoing thing that I just had thought for myself. Um, and it manifested mm, like years ago where 
Uh, I was doing a lot of massage. My wife and I were on this espionage mission. We had um, uh, decided that we wanted to compete with the massage spas. Uh, we were very naive at that point. So we took undercover jobs in massage spas. <laughs> sneaky. <laughs> it was sneaky, yeah. But but it was, a, you know, I mean, it wasn't anything nefarious or anything like that. We weren't, like, undermining the spas or anything. We did, you know, our best work possible. Mm-hmm. But we just wanted to understand the model. And um, that's when I just was overloaded with massage because I had my practice going. <clears throat> I was doing that. And that became full-time, too. Because in massage spas, there's usually a shortage of massage therapists. That depending on, I don't know about now, but back then there was. Uh, so that's when my injuries really started to pile up. That's when I was diagnosed with cubital tunnel syndrome, uh, cervical radiculopathy, and just like shoulders that were really screwed up. And that's when I was like, okay, I either got to figure this out or find a new job, find a new career. And your, your doctor told you find a new career, right? That's what you had mentioned to me in your email that your doctor said, you got to hang up your hands. So you're done. You're done. Yeah. And that's like, you know, a doctor who, I mean, it's easy for him to say, but if you've been doing something for a long time and you really like it, it's, it's harder to do, you know, and then try to reinvent yourself somewhere else. So, yeah, so that was it. So I was like, okay, so. Um, I'm going to give, my, give myself a year to uh, figure it out. Was there any consideration to what the doctor said? Was there any debating? Like, yeah, maybe I should. Maybe I should move in more into the writing. Maybe I should go a little bit harder into the continuing education. Maybe I should take a break from treating people. Or was it just like, fuck off, man. I'm just going to I'm just gonna keep doing what I do because this is what I do. Well, you know, a lot of it is, it's probably not, wasn't cut and dry because, um, everything we did was massage, right? So we had COVID taught us this too. If you have all your eggs in one basket, um, maybe not a great idea all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it was part of that, part of what was like, you know, I've done this before. (laughs) Part of it was because I'm stubborn and I just wanted to do what I want to do. And um, part of it was that we just, everything was tied into massage. So the the time to reinvent myself and do something different, uh, yeah, we would have taken a hit. So, you know, I was just like, this is the easiest course of action um, because I've had some success with it. Like I was able to figure out things in my career as I went along. So in neuromuscular school, we were taught how to use T-bars. Uh, that was the that was the go-to tool. And the great thing about a T-bar was that it would save your thumbs. But the problem with the T was if you use it for a long time, it would hurt the distal digits of your fingers, they would start to ache. So, I mean, in one way it solved the thumb problem, but in another way it gave you another, it gave you a hand problem. So that was sort of a conundrum that um, it took me a while to figure out like how to hold a T-bar, hold any massage tool in a way that wouldn't cause hand pain um, in, in the effort to save a particular digit like a thumb. Now your wife is a massage therapist as well? Uh, she is. Yes. So was she was she having similar issues or has she had any similar issues where she's feeling, you know, her hands, her arms, or has she been okay up to this point? Uh, So, you know, part of the whole thing that I think with body mechanics and um, pain, because it's it's very individualized in in some ways, um, she came into it with certain conditions. So um, she taught color guard for a very long time. Um, So like in a band, the flags and the rifles. That, that's the color guard part of it. Oh, so okay. they're, they're throwing things up in the air, 
catching right. So it's yeah. it's pretty intense right now. And they have like these really indoor competitions and it's national and everything worlds. So um, that sort of like screwed up her hands a little bit because you have to catch rifles. Like you throw them up in the air and they revolve like yeah, five yeah, or six yeah, times. Yeah. Catch them. So that also sort of creates neck problems and things like that because you're in that like rigid, uh, strict state, you know, uh, erect right, posture right. for some of it. So um, she came into it with conditions like that. So um, so she does have things that affect her before she started massage. So with massage, she had to find her way through that too. Like how how do I accommodate my short, my neck issue? Like you know, looking down all the time bothers it. So how do I position myself so that I'm not looking down when I'm massaging all the time? Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that. So um, you know, that's sort of the premise I I have with book that I'm. I'm not finished yet. It's finished, but my wife's editing it and we have to argue about some things on that show when, cause she's usually right. Um, and it's, it's that, you know, pain, it's different for everybody. People come in with different givens, you know, you played lacrosse in high school or whatever, and you broke your ankle. And sometimes that ankle can lead to what secondary issues, those kinds of things. And or it's never quite healed like the way you want it to heal. And it may affect how you do massage. If you stand too long, you know, it bothers you. And then that affects how you do massage. So people come in with different givens. And I, one of my points is that you have to understand your givens going into the massage. Once you understand that, you can sort of, you can structure, um, you know, a massage plan, like how a body mechanics plan on, you know, how you do massage and how, how you do it the best for you. So your blog, Mark, is exactly that, right? Your blog is about how to continue on in this career, but saving your body, correct? Yeah. So it has two components. It has that and then how to make money because those two things were, you know, um, uh, to me, it's, they, they, they're connected. If your body's not working right, during the massage, if, you, if you're in pain, you're not going to make as much money. And the other thing is do more massages. You can make more money if, if, if you're just basing your living off of making massages. So, you know, you can actually, I feel with the proper body mechanics for your body, you can start to increase your massage max. So once you increase that, then obviously you're making more money. So I think it works both ways. It, 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 you know, it's not only a way to preserve yourself, it's a way to enhance your massage business. It's going to be different for everybody, right? Like how to deal with your own body. Like you said, people come in with their own givens and their own conditions already. But is there um, sort of your golden tip for either how to save your body or how to make more money or something that you can tell people that's just maybe something they hadn't thought of already? Yeah, I mean, for... Um, uh, Saving your body. Like, I think people understand using their body weight uh, to uh, generate pressure or to apply a force, but they may have heard that. And there may have been some kind of application in school, but I find that most, at least in the States here, and I'm not speaking for all the States because I don't know, let's say I've only taught in three States out of 50, they, they really don't understand how to use their body weight to generate pressure. And, um, that's a big key because I think once you use your body weight to generate pressure, as opposed to pressing with your upper body, you take your upper body out of the equation. And, and a lot of neck pain, shoulder pain, arm pain, uh, it, it sort of evaporates or goes away just by changing that general uh, movement or that general technique. So I think that's a big one. When people come to me 
when I'm teaching the class um, or they're coming for help, uh, that's, that's usually, that's one of the first things I work on. Um, the other thing I would say with saving your body is uh, massage tools. People, at least of the MTs that I encounter or come to my classes, uh, they're afraid of them. And then they should be because they're a piece of water, a hunk of plastic, right? There's not a lot of sensitivity with that. You know, you're losing all your sensitivity and you're afraid to jab someone and hurt someone. I get it. You know, um, I've been there. So, but there's workarounds to that. And the easiest workaround is using a guide finger with a massage tool. And it may sound sort of odd over the air, just talking about it. It's easier to see and to watch it demonstrate it. But if you have a massage tool, and we're just going to say it's a basic T-bar, has a handle and a stem and a tip. The tip can be beveled edged or it can be just a round flat tip. And most people just grab it, jam it. Well, hopefully they don't jam it down, but <laughs> press it into the <laughs> tissue. Now the patients are scared of it. Right, right. So... You can, if you put a finger next to the thumb, a knuckle, I call it a guide finger. You put a guide finger there, it stabilizes the tool. You can loosen your, you can loosen your hand grip around it, the tool, the handle. And you can also use that as your sensing device. So it's like your, it's your pressure gauge and, and, and it's, and it's your um, palpation device. Yeah. And I feel like you need to do that even if you're even if you're using like other body parts, like I don't have the same palpation abilities and the same sensitivity if I'm treating somebody with my forearms or my elbows or my knuckles, like you have to still use your hands sometimes. So massage tools don't have to be so scary because yeah, you're not going to be palpating with them, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I, like, I mean, I, I mean, you hit the nail on the head for me. That was like uh, when I would use my elbow, so for me, my, one of my injuries took my elbow forearm out of the game for me. So I don't even use forearms now. I, that doesn't mean everyone should not use their forearm. I think forearms are great. It doesn't work for me. That's all. But when I would use my forearm, I would have a thumb like right underneath it, you know, and I'd be pressing on my thumb with my forearm. And I, I think that's what you were talking about, right? You'd have some kind of other sensing device besides your elbow. Yeah. I think the two marks, Canadian mark and American mark, I think you guys have a lot of things in common when it comes to treating. Mark, uh, Canadian mark, is uses cups in most of his treatments. He uses tools. And you're really good at using your body weight. I tend to be more sore at the end of a day of treating because... I I do stupid things like sometimes I don't adjust the table height properly or you know if I have a larger client I don't put the table down I'm not using my body weight as effectively as I could be whereas Mark throws everybody on the floor so he's using nothing but his body weight you feel great after a day of treating I'm in pain and you're totally fine <laughs> so so Mark you're a low tabler yeah and then sometimes I actually bring him to the floor to do mat work so yeah I took my um I took my uh, legs off my table so that. You know how it has like the, yep, the knobbies yeah. and you pull, I just took that to make it the lowest. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So Amanda, you don't, your, your table's higher typically, huh? Yeah, I, I'm apparently the dumb one in this group because <laughs> I'm still hurting myself. I wouldn't say that. I, I think everyone's different. I think body types play into it and, and massage styles play into it. I am very, I am very tall. Um, I mean, I could still definitely have a lower table, but I'm very tall. And I think most of the time my table height works for me. But as I said, if I have like, you know, a big football playing guy on my table, I should really be lowering it first. And I, 
I, I don't. I just get lazy and I end up treating everybody on the same table height. And then at the end of the day, realizing, well, that was dumb and now I'm in pain. That's why you need the electric tables, right? Absolutely. I miss my hydraulic <laughs> table. Oh my goodness. I want to hear about the business side. Yeah. I get the idea of keep your body in tune so you can maximize the number of hours that you would spend treating and therefore ultimately the more patients you see, the more money you make. I get that side. Give me something else. I want to know. I want to know from a business end. I've been working already. Like you're a very typical massage therapist. I've been working, you know, three, four years. I've gotten a decent number of clients. They seem to be regulars of mine, but I still have room in my schedule and, I, and I'm looking to attract more quality, quality clients. Yeah. I would think one thing I'm going to say is going to sound pretty um, not spectacular, but I think it was a mistake that I made. Um, for a lot, of, lot, big part of my career, and it's more cowbell. I don't know if you ever watch a Saturday Night Live episode. <laughs> Always need more cowbell. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You need more cowbell. Yeah. That to me, I knew how to build a refer- referral base, right? Um, I got some chiropractors, um, uh, show them how I, my work, establish relationships with physical therapists. But what I didn't do was take it to the next level. Um, and I think part of that was I felt comfortable and I was also scared. Um, felt like I reached a certain point and I was like, well, I'm pretty good. But, you know, it's like on your, you know how that goes, right? <laughs> like your, your, how you feel about how your work and everything. Like on your, on your best day, you feel great. You know, you're the best. Yeah. On your worst day, you're the worst. Yep. Yeah, on your worst day, you're probably not as bad as you think. And on your best day, you're probably not as good as you think. <laughs> you're always somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You're somewhere in the middle, right? And so, you know, I've been doing, I was on massage for a while. My, my, my massage business was sort of stuck and, you know, it was like, well, what worked for me? Like what, why are other massage therapists, you know, making more money, have more clients. And the, what I was, wasn't doing was I wasn't going out and getting the business. And for me, demo massages were a, a huge hit. So I would just, um, I would email uh, physical. I would pick three physical therapists. I would target them. I would, I would try to find physical therapists that in in the states, um, at least in PA, massage is not covered by insurance, so it's all out of pocket. So, you know, I would pick a physical therapist that insurance. So their clients were, um, the patients were people who could pay. Um, I would target chiropractors who didn't who weren't working with a massage therapist. Right. Um, as I would just, I would go and say, Hey, look, I have, um, I'd love to demonstrate my massage. Why don't you come in for half an hour massage? You know, every, every, um, everyone have all the owners, everyone, everyone who works for you and your, your clients will give them 15 minute massage, which I'd always go to 30 minutes because you're sort of hooking and bringing them in with your work. Um, so that was just, you know, referrals through building up, referral sources was just amping that up was a huge way. And the other things were just like the free things that people miss all the time. And that's um, the website, website optimization, um, uh, Google My Business. Uh, That is like, you know, the two things that show up in the search, right? You have the local search when people are looking for massage and that's going to just have a list of all the that Google's doing with their um, with their metrics, and then you're going to have um, the organic search underneath that. So if you can rank high in both the Google My Business search 
and also the organic search, you're, you're doing pretty good when mm -hmm. people are going to um, yeah, looking for you. So, I mean, those are free. I mean, of course you have to pay for a website, but that's like, I don't even count that as a cost because it, it's like an expensive business card. Yeah, absolutely. And you make so much more money off of it than you've put into it that it's, yeah, it's not a cost. So yeah, you were talking about optimizing Google and having, um, you know, good search engine optimization. Absolutely. I agree with you. That's the way people look for businesses these days. Like I, I do always say that to people who are hesitant. I know there are certain people that feel like, you know, I'm, I'm not good with technology. I don't know how to do these things. And I just try to encourage people by saying majority of your, your customers, your potential customers, your clients, like this is how they're going to find you. I know for me, when I'm looking for a business, the first thing I do is I pull out my phone and I'll Google. So whether I'm looking for a massage therapist, a hairstylist, a nail salon, whatever it is, I Google and the first ones that come up that are close to me, then I look at the Google My Business pages and I look at what their reviews are, their ratings, and you know, see if there's any pictures so I can see what the place looks like and get an people are gonna feel more comfortable if they know what to expect. So if you've got real life customers of that business saying, like, I went there and Mark was great and blah, 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 cool, then I can see myself going there a little bit more. On, on the other side, if I Google somebody and they don't have a website or they don't have a Google My Business page, I'm like, eh. I don't know. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, I agree on that. Totally. The biggest reason why people say they don't do these things, and it bothers me a lot because I think you're I think you're dropping the ball a little bit, is I'm already full. I booked two months out. My best source of, of referrals is word of mouth. And like this is all I can do anyway. Like I don't need any more publicity. I don't need any more marketing. I don't need more patients and clients. And I feel like that's always a, a not so good idea. It's like putting all of your eggs in one basket type yep. of thing. Like what happens when the referrals, when the word of mouth referrals stop? Well, that's exactly and what Mark said. you haven't put any effort into any other avenue. It doesn't make sense to me. Even mm -hmm. if you don't need it in those moments, it, you want to sprinkle that out all over the place all over the place. Yeah, and I mean, like Mark said at the very beginning, he was at a point in his career where he was doing well. It's not that he wasn't making money and wasn't doing well, but at some point, if you're not continuing to grow, you're just stagnant and you are going to lose clients. But it naturally that's even, happens. That's, that's what I mean. That's even fine if you want to be stagnant. No one, I'm not suggesting by any stretch of the imagination that you have to go and achieve as much as you physically and possibly can. And, and, you know, some people are very happy with whatever they're doing at whatever level they're doing it at. But my bottom line is if you always just rely on this one source of referrals, which is this passive, uh, you know, conversation that someone else has having with somebody else to send you. Yep. Do you know what I mean? If you're, if you're not you're leaving even, your fate in your, your patient's exactly. hands, you're not it's, taking any control. It's, it's, it's nuts so to me, especially if you're, if you're, if your referrals, like your word of mouth referrals are not coming because of you are not becoming because you're requesting them to do that. Send me people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some sort of, in other words, it's completely passive on your end. So if that just ever turns off, then what the fuck are you going to do? Yeah. Like you might've had a great, starting you might've had scratch. a great 10 year career doing that stuff, but, I move, you move, location change, whatever the case is. And suddenly all of that word of mouth stuff goes out the fucking window. Yep, you are correct, sir. And that's why Mark always suggests to people as well in our courses, like even if you're working for a clinic right now, why don't you have a personal website? Why don't you have your own Instagram page and Facebook page? Promote yourself as a therapist because if and when you do leave that clinic, 
then you're starting from scratch and you're depending on either patients following you. Some will, a lot will not because they probably go to that clinic because of the location or the atmosphere or whatever it is. And then you're, you're, yeah, you're starting from square one. You might as well be constantly promoting yourself. And what a great fucking problem to have. I am too busy. Oh my goodness. Then guess what? Maybe it's time to expand and bring on associates. Maybe go get a bigger space. It's not a problem. I, I agree with you guys completely. I think I, like an example of me for old Mark would then, um, if someone gave me a referral, I would be like, okay, great. So recently I got a referral from a chiropractor and I, I've never met don't know them, but um, COVID knocked out some of the massage therapists around here. I don't know if it did the same thing with you guys, but so I'm getting people coming in from other massage therapists who have been in the business for a long time. And um, so the first thing I do was I sent the chiropractor an email. Thank you. And I'll give them a call. Thank you. You know, can we coordinate care on this patient? Um, so all of that, you know, rapport building and everything down the road, I'm going to get more referrals. If, if we mesh philosophically, if we're completely at, at odds, which I don't think we will be, then, you know, um, then that won't work. But it's just that constant seeing these opportunities and then acting on them. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that piece up. It sounds like you guys, like the people, like sometimes the massage therapists coming to you are doing good, doing well. Mm. Um, what I did, I did a survey with my blog readers. I just trying to find who's reading my blog, like who is it, right? And what I found was there was this break point where some of the people who were reading the blog were making not enough to live on. And they wanted to get to that first livable wage kind of thing. And the next level was how do you break? I'm I'm stuck. I'm just turning my wheels here, you know, at mm. that you know, an okay income, but nothing that I want. So once I understood that, I realized like, okay, to get to that next level, for the people that are just starting, there's basic things you have to do. You know, you have to be able to do a good massage, right? You have to be able to um, convert people um, from uh, when they come in, they want to, you got to make them like you, right? Like your massage. Those are just basic kinds of things. When you want to get to the next level and you're at a decent level, but not great, you, you're comfortable with who you are a lot of times. And you think you're you know, a good massage therapist. You may be a good massage therapist, but people aren't coming through your door. And you have to have that sort of humility part and, and be like, okay, well, I may have to do something which I don't want to do. And this is going to get me in trouble when I say this because it sort of causes a big um, dialogue here when you go on the massage forums and that's, you can running a Groupon or running a, a sale. is not a big hairy deal. It's not going to make you look cheap because you're just going to raise your price after you do the Groupon. What a Groupon does, like when we were at the massage spas, what I learned was back then they were doing like Groupons, just bringing people in. Right. And the conversion rate was low. If you bring hundreds of people in, you get a what a 10%, you're still getting what 20 people as members. So they would feed all the massage therapists who were decent because they knew that they were just stacking with people because they knew that we're going to get some good conversion or decent conversion. And that's just the concept. The more you see, the more opportunities you get to get a client. And 
I think people get a little insulted by that because they think, well, I'm worth more than this. Well, maybe you are, but not in the beginning. Get out there, bring them in, prove it, and get to them before they get to another massage therapist. Because when I look at my area here in uh, Phoenixville, I'm, you know, five, 10 mile radius. I know three massage therapists who could replace me. They, they do the same work. You know what I mean? They're, they're equal. Um, but the reason they don't is because I have rapport with my clients and my clients don't know they exist. They have no reason to leave me. But as soon as I go, just like with COVID here, like as some of the massage therapists got knocked out of the game, they're finding other therapists like me. So it's like, get to them first, get your hands on them, make them your clients. And I think that's where some massage therapists get really bogged down. How do you feel about doing this slightly different? And I want your opinion on this. Because instead of displaying that value to that person who's paying a discounted price to be in front of you and the whole concept is you display the value and therefore they understand it and they, and they want that and now you can come back and they're going to pay premium price. I get that. What do you think about displaying your value differently, like using your social platforms to potentially display your value? Now, I understand there's a massive difference in what you can show as a client experience through social platforms or you know, from a technique standpoint, because it's subjective as a patient. What does that feel like? I get that. I, I understand that. But how do you feel about using the social platforms to display that value instead of trading that, that time for a reduced amount of money? Or do you feel like that is like the best way to go about doing it? I, no, I think it's a great way. I, I think, I mean, it's, you know, your experiment, the person's experiment, how much time they have to put into it. But no, I think there's great value in having like videos, you know, social media videos kind of thing. I mean, on our website, I have just a, a silly, stupid video about using a massage, a homemade massage to massage your levator scap. So um, I've got comments, like people come in and say, I saw your video. I'm like, oh God, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's not, not the greatest video in the world, but um, no, I think it's great. I think any way you can do it, I just feel that, massage therapists are they're probably better with their hands and once you have your hands on someone that's what sells there's no replacement probably not as good with the technical advertising yeah but no anytime you can get yeah a social media poll no absolutely i think that's a, a great way to go i just don't know which one's faster you know what i mean and i think a lot of times massage therapists are sort of they, they need it now. Yeah. So there's a couple of things you brought up that I just want to go back to because I, I don't know if we highlighted them enough and I've been holding on to this because I wanted you guys to, to finish your chat about, um, you know, these ideas of getting more people through your door. Um, I want to go back to where you talked about getting a referral from a chiropractor you didn't know. And the reason I wanted to bring that up because I think that's an important um, tip that you mentioned and we kind of just blew past it. If somebody does send you a referral, another healthcare practitioner, you went about it absolutely the right way by making sure you reach out to that person and build a connection with them. Like that is so invaluable, as you said. But even if it wasn't them referring to you, let's say that you have a new patient come in and they're already seeing a physio or a chiropractor or they're, you know, getting personal training. I always ask my people like, are you cool if, you know, your other practitioners and I talk like sort of establishing that circle of care and having communication with the other people and building connections with those people. Because, you know, in a lot of cases, when I have somebody come in, 
And they say like, oh yeah, I'm already getting um, Cairo from this person. If it's a chiropractor I've never heard of, I'm like, well, I, I want to get to know them. I want, you know, I want to know who they are and what they're doing. And so I think that was a really important piece. The other thing was um, when you... When you were talking about, you know, when you have these people who come in that are already well-established therapists and they're probably doing well, but they want to make it to that next level and they feel stuck. I think a lot of people can relate to that because you get sort of in your own patterns and you know what has worked for you and what works for you. And you, you kind of just keep doing your own thing, right? And you get lots of referrals and business is good. But there comes a point when you realize I need to try something new. And so in that case, I think the biggest thing that gets in therapist's way is not being open to these suggestions, like how you said, when you talk about, you know, the Groupons, a lot of people get their defenses up like, whoa, whoa, like I'm not discounting my rates. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not a huge fan of discounting. However, having an open mind and listening to all of these different suggestions from you or from, you know, Mark B or two or one, I don't know. I don't know who, who's who here, the other <laughs> Mark, but listening to some of the suggestions because we get the same thing. You know, Mark and I try to encourage people, as I said, to get online and to show your value and, you know, give stuff away for free, show people what you can do. And, you know, they're going to build a connection with you behind the screen before they come in and see you. And I get a lot of pushback with people saying like, oh, I don't have time to do posting or I don't know how or I don't know how to create the content, just being open. There there might be some other things out there that could work for you, but if you've already decided, well, it's they're not, not even that. Work. It's like, for example, like I would probably never do a Groupon thing. Do you know what I mean? But that doesn't stop me from listening to you tell me how Groupon freaking works. And that way, if there are pieces of that that I think I can do something with, mm -hmm. like that's information that I wouldn't have had before until I started hearing you tell me all about Groupon. So I'm wide open to anything. I just want to hear every idea because people use it and it works mm -hmm. and other people use it and it doesn't work well it worked for this person so let's hear how you fucking made this thing work right because these ideas come from somewhere and they get used and they and they get used well yep. and if you're having success with it even if it's something that i don't think i'll do i want to hear about what you're doing and why it's bringing you success how is this working for you i, I think that's great um because being open right it, it's you know you get stuck in these these things where you're just focused on what you what worked for you once or twice or three times, but and it's again it's that it's the scared being scared and the fear of like going out of you know trying something different and you know I think a big part is like what you guys and like you provide is a lot of um, direction to people like hey just don't try this way <laughs> try that way um, it's not. It doesn't, one size does not fit all. And I bet if we took a survey of um, like, you know, a hundred massage therapists who make over this number of this much money, there'd be some commonalities, but I bet there'd be some very different ways that people got there. Yeah, absolutely. So I just don't think that, um, I think it's hard for people to, to be, um, it's easy to do the massage. It's harder to get a massage business and to do that part. We're just not. I think most people get into massage, our brains are not wired that way. And they maybe should be. <laughs> I wonder if there's a lot of other healthcare professions that generally, you know, you know how massage people are all about, most massage people are all about like, I just love this job. I love helping people. I want to make people feel better. Like that type of thing. They're very nurturing type of people. And therefore they probably are not the most kind of, kind of cutthroat, get her done business people. I wonder what other health professions do you think are a little bit more like, like the, the massage, not so hardcore on the business end. 
Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, you you this, get what I'm saying, though, right? I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm smoking. So I'm, this might not make sense to anybody. I am pulling this. <laughs> I am pulling this out of my ass because I I can't say There's a lot this of is, ass pulling yes, stuff going on. Exactly. <laughs> this is just my my, my two cents based on the people I've met. So, for example, I have a number of friends and colleagues who are naturopathic doctors. I find them to be very similar to massage therapists in that you know they just care so much about their patients. They put so they have much. No idea how to run a business. No, I I mean it's not that. They have no idea. You know what I mean, though. You know what I mean. It's that, yeah, their main focus is definitely, or at least the ones I know, is their patients. They spend so much time, even after their patient leaves, mm-hmm. they spend so much time researching and coming up with treatment plans and doing all this work. And that's why, actually, it kind of irks me, too, when some people are like, oh, why is it so expensive? You know, you go for an initial assessment with an ND, and it's like $175 plus, plus HST. And I'm like, what? What, what, what do you think? Like you're getting 90 minutes with this person and they're spending so much time afterwards. Um, so I find them to be very nurturing people. Like they really listen. Do people really think that's really expensive though? I, I don't hear know. Th- I hear that a lot that people think it's, and maybe it's because here in Ontario, like we can just, you know, we can just go to the doctor for free. So I know, you but go to a naturopathic so things, doctor and you have to pay and they're there's like. There's so many things that you'd have to pay for that are so, that are so much more expensive than Oh, that. don't get me started. Like when somebody says that to me and I'm like, and how much did you pay for your highlights? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's anyway, it, it's even other healthcare though. Like you wouldn't think paying, you know, $250, $300 to like a psychotherapist would be like crazy amount. Like that would be. No, but people do think that. that. People do think it's expensive. I feel like that would be reasonable. Or even like a lawyer. Like, don't you expect to cough out 200 bucks an hour to your lawyer plus? Of course you do, right? Other professionals. So like, why is it so, anyway, this is, see, this is where this disconnect happens and I don't know where it happens. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know. But I I do think there are, um, Naturopathic doctors are very nurturing. Um, Chiropractors I find to be very split down the middle. Like I know some chiropractors who practice in a very businessy type of way where it's, I want to get the maximum number of patients through my door in a day. I have to ask you guys questions about chiropractors because I want to know your opinion in the States and your opinion here. Okay. So um, I'll start with Amanda. Do you think the general public looks at chiropractors? First of all, it kind of knows what chiropractors do and look at look to them as health care. Do you think that's what happens here? Because I'm really confused, especially when I watch shows. Like Two and a Half like Men. Two and a half men <laughs> I knew that's right? where you were going. And John Cryer's John character, who's a chiropractor, he's like, gets zero so respect within the medical yeah. <laughs> community, gets zero respect with his family members of being this this doctor of chiropractic. But then when I think about our own our own paramedical community in Ontario, chiropractors are are they looked at in this do you remember our conversation with no i really don't apparently (laughs) our conversation with kelly uh she's the reiki master who had the fundraiser yes 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 yes, and remember she talked about the what was it the 80 15 5 rule so it was like um there's maybe five percent of people that really buy into what energy work is there's 15 percent that are open to it and then sort of the rest of the people have no idea i feel like it's something similar in ter- with chiropractors like in terms of like my own patients for example okay. i have some that are very open when i say would you consider going to see this chiropractor that i refer people to there's some people that you know they've never seen a chiropractor but they're open to it there's some who are, have had some experience with chiro and they're like actually yeah that that would be really good for me or some who are die hard and you know see their chiro all the time and then there's like a huge 
population who are like, eh, I don't really know. I'm not really sold on the whole thing. They don't understand it. They legitimately think chiropractors are cracking their bones, which makes me laugh so hard. I'm like, no, 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 they're not cracking your okay, bones. Okay, so then, so then, so then, states mark. Mark America. Mark America. Yes, Mark, that's your name. Mark America down there is 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 the two and a half men depiction of a chiropractor a, a thing? Is that a is that a real thing? It's really funny you said that because what popped into my head was The Simpsons. You guys ever watch The Simpsons? Yeah. Was there an episode with a chiropractor that I missed? I don't watch it enough to know if there was. All right. Yeah. So Homer um, has a bad back and he um, accidentally falls over a trash can and fixes his back. Like he lands backwards over the trash can. So basically self-adjustment, right? Yeah. So he goes around and he starts like people with bad backs. He, he pushes them over the trash can, right? <laughs> Making their backs. Right. right. So the chiropractor association gets onto this and they like shut him down. They come with their goons and shut him down. So it's sort of funny, you know, like the, <laughs> so the portrayal of chiropractors is that, you know, they're sort of money hungry. That, that was the Simpsons take on it, you know? And I mean, I think like Amanda said, I think there is that kind of, um, just in the image, there's part of that, you know, they, what I heard one chiropractor describe, I call him a chiropractor, not, um, he's a chiropractor who, who doesn't practice chiropractic. He's like out of school, maybe five years. And he doesn't believe in the, mo- the, um, the idea of, uh, constant chiropractic care, right. prolonged, protracted care. He believes you should fix the problem and be done with it. And he believes that the chiropractors in the States here, probably the nineties just like soaked the insurance companies dry hmm. and then the insurance companies cracked down on it. And we're like, yo, you're not charged for that. You're not charged for that. So they used to be all insurance. Now they're moving into more of a cash model. So they have insurance and cash, but right, right. they like their cash clients now. So I think there was a time period where they were, you know, and maybe it wasn't all of them. I don't think it was all of my, in fact, I have a good chiropractic friend or chiropractor's friend at, who's, who's so not that. Um, but they ruined it. They, they they sort of made this image of just these money hungry people, you know, like Mena said, just crank line them up and crank them out. Um, but I think that image is sort of changing, and they're trying to soften it. You know, they're you you go to Dr. Bob or or Dr. Jan. Um, they spend some more time with you, and I think from what I feel from my clients, which is not a good sample because it's biased, I know, is that. Um, it's not that bad. Like most people, I don't have to like really think twice about saying chiropractic in front of someone. Like, do you go to a chiropractor? Whereas 20 years ago, I would, you know, not necessarily bring that up. I, I have no problem bringing it up now. And I don't think I, most people, it doesn't have a bad connotation. Um, but I'm surprised if that's the case, because you guys are usually a lot much farther ahead of us in terms of <laughs> like just those kinds of things. Uh, we're a little up uptight here in the States. What I was saying too, like the, there are some chiropractors that yes, definitely operate very business minded. How many people can I get through the door in a day? But almost every chiropractor I've ever really worked with um, really, really cares about their patients. And again, I, I don't, I don't see that revolving door of people that was very personal. And, and so I think that there's probably a lot who, you know, who are really nurturing, who fall into that category that Mark mm. was asking about. But then of course, there's the ones who just want money. But I think that's with any industry, right? There's the people who just want to make money. And how can I do this and make as much money as possible? But I think even the people who want to make a lot of money, 
you know, you, you probably got into this field because they wanted to practice this this type of modality and because they care about See, people. I don't know because like, that's, I, that's what I was asking kind of about chiropractors because like there's people that do that becoming a lawyer, becoming a doctor, becoming an engineer. It's like, I don't really, I just want to, I want, I want something where I can make tons of fucking money. I don't necessarily love this job. Like yeah. I have a buddy, he's a lawyer. He likes being a lawyer. I don't think he loves being a lawyer. I've got another friend, he's a chiropractor. I don't even think he's into the whole thing at all. But now he's just at a point where it's like, pfft, this is what I do. So now I'm just going to show up and do my job and do my job and, and get out of here. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I know people that got into massage and they were never into massage. They were into it never, so they can, so, so they can make it into some sort of business. Like there's a dude I know. He never practiced a day in his life. He got his license. He started a massage therapy company and that was that. Well, right. That's, that's a little bit different though than like, I think the vast majority of people who get into especially healthcare related fields where you're going to be working with people. I'll give you the ones that I think that they don't necessarily were like, oh yeah, the whole time since they were six, I really want to be a dentist. Like, I don't think that happens, right? So no, I'm sure, I'm sure dentists just want to make money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dentists, I had a whole list of them, but I'm kind of stoned and you kept going on about dentists. Now my, my list stops at dentists. Mark, you can be, uh, Mark America, you can be my witness to stoned Mark that all I said was dentists just want to make money. Like I only said dentists sure? once. Really? Is that what happened? <laughs> happens <laughs> happens so differently in my head. <laughs> oh boy! Before before Mark gets too far into this, <laughs> I, I think you were going to say something. I'm going to let you talk first, Mark, and then I want to actually um, give out the details about your blog and upcoming book. So, but you go ahead first with what you were going to say. Yeah, I'm just going to uh, tag on to what Mark Canada was saying, and that was, um, you know, I wonder if with um, chiropractors, like their schooling in the States is, you know, a lot longer. It's a lot more expensive. And I know that they get business uh, education with that, you know, because you're coming out, you're, you know, maybe you're working for someone else in the beginning, but you're going to be working for yourself basically. Right. So I wonder if that plays into it too. You know what I mean? Most therapists going into it, maybe get pulled in because they like it. And then the business part is like, oh yeah, I got to make a business out of this you know, kind of thing, or I can go work at a massage spa or something like that. So I just, I just wonder if there's just more, you know, the people that are drawn to chiropractic know they have to make a business out of it. So that's true. And I mean, if you're going to go to chiropractic college, or if you're going to become a physiotherapist, that is a huge commitment, time, energy, yeah. money, like, you know, massage therapy school, I mean, in the States, it's even shorter than here in Canada. It's not as big of a, a an investment that I feel like if you're going into it, like maybe you're going into it because you really, really love it. Whereas if you're going into like Cairo or physio and you're putting in all this time and this money, you're like, I better fucking make this money and then some because right. I'm going to have some huge debts to pay off. I get it. I get it. It makes sense. By the way, I thought about the other ones on my list. Eye doctor. No, oh, yeah. no eye doctor. It's like <laughs> I, I really love eyes. I want to be an eye doctor. I want to. I want to look at the eyes all day long. No one does that, right? <laughs> and Somebody's the pharmacist. Correct really, the pharmacist. No one goes into pharmacy because they really like fucking making drugs. No, they no. One of my right. roommates from university is a pharmacist, really, but really loves pharmacy. No, you like no, the she, idea she was of the a, money you can yes. make being a pharmacist. She was in um, her first year. She was in uh, doing it like a, a general bachelor of science right. and just because she's really good at science and then she continued on that route and then yes now she's a pharmacist but I don't think it was like my lifelong goal is to be a pharmacist it was like I like science I understand this 
I can make money in my small town being (laughs) being a pharmacist. Yeah. So why don't we let Mark give the info about um, just tell everybody about your blog and about this upcoming book. And if anybody, you know, wants to pick your brain or reach out to you, if you're comfortable with it, you can give out contact details as well. Oh, cool. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah. So the blog is makethemostofmassage.com. I know it's a long name. They say never pick a long name, but at the time, that's that's the best thing I could do. It's like, this is what it means. Make the most of massage. There's videos. There's a YouTube channel too um, with that. It's not that great. My my videos are really rough cut. Um, again, I talk about uh, how to make more money and also how to stay out of pain. That's the primary things I talk about. I do go off track sometimes and there's just other kinds of things on there too. Um, just because it's my blog. I can do whatever the hell I want. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So contact information, um, anyone can reach me anytime at Mark at make the most of massage.com. Um, so I'm very accessible. Um, yeah, I, I love answering questions. Um, the book that's coming out, uh, when my, so my wife and I, my wife always edits my stuff. And like I said, it's a, it's sort of a hairy deal because I don't like to be edited um, and I don't like criticism. I don't like any of that stuff. So it's always rough uh, and it, it takes a little time. So that's why it's it was supposed to be a little sooner, but um, so we're, you know, we're just, we're, we're hammering through it and we'll get through it. And um, that the book should be out probably mid to end of June. And it's called, um, well, so right now it's called massage, pain-free, um, how to love your work again. Um, that may change because I saw a little asterisk by that title. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't love it. <laughs> I just, I just pulled, yeah, I just pulled the copy today because I was changing some things around and I saw that she was working on it. I was like, so, um, yeah, so that may change. The working title. By the way, I, I was just uh, totally off topic, but um, as we said, it's Victoria Day here in Canada, yeah. and we can hear fireworks outside of our window right now as we talk to you. Uh, that's that's so cool. Yeah, is that Victoria Day? What what exactly is that again? Is that for for Queen Victoria? Yeah. For some reason, we uh, we still celebrate that. Nobody's complaining, though, because as I said, in Canada, it's like the unofficial start to summer. Everybody looks forward to the May 2-4 uh, weekend because it's like this big weekend of this is this is it. Like we're now going into summer. And I don't know. It's like an ex- it's an exciting weekend. I mean, this is our second one in lockdown, so it's less exciting. But hopefully right. Victoria Day 2022 will be free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing or else I'll cry. I don't I don't know what else to do. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. It's got to be tough, yeah. Um so yeah, I mean, I was just maybe sorry about that. I'm I'm backtracking to when we had lockdown and we had like uh, we were down for 3 months I think it was where we were just we couldn't work. Um then when we went, went back to work, we were scared shitless because it was like what? Be in a room with someone uh for an hour and a half an hour uh where you viral load may be high and you know what I mean back then it was like masks were just coming out and everything so mm-hmm. it was just really it was really an interesting ride we've been on such a roller coaster this past year the entire world um as mark said we have a place up north now and i've got a friend who lives about 20 minutes from where our place is and i haven't seen her 
obviously since all of this started. So I sent her a message like, hey, you know, we're going to be up north a lot this summer. We got a place about 20 minutes from where you guys live. She's like, oh, that's so great. She goes, I don't know, you know, how comfortable you would be, but maybe she lives on a farm. She said, maybe, you know, your family can come by the farm for a couple of hours. You know, we can we can hang out depending on how comfortable you are. And I said, yeah, I mean, we're outside. I'd be okay with that. Um, I said, I'm the wild card for everybody, though, because I touch people for a living. Immediately, her tone changed. She was like, oh, she goes, oh, right. Well, you know, we'll just, we'll stay distanced. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. Right. It was, we'll still have you over. <laughs> you don't have to come if you don't want to. You know, if it's out of the way, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, she was all happy to have me over till she remembered, right, you're a massage therapist. You touch people. I don't know. <laughs> you disinvited. You got invited and disinvited in the same, in the same fucking, conversation. Yeah. In the same breath. <laughs> Forget the same conversation. The same fucking breath. Oh, my God. I've got cooties. I touch people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So I just with the book, it's it's basically um, so it's it's my experiences um, and my experience, my year long experiment, and it's combined with some research on body mechanics, uh, some research that confirmed and some that didn't necessarily confirm what I do, but um, I have an explanation for that in the book, and um, yeah, just it's written in a very casual tone. There's nothing scholarly about it. <laughs> so, but that's good. People understand. Yeah, it's accessible. I want to make it like super accessible because, um, I mean, my, so my wife is an editor. Her one big thing was, you know, back in the day when I was first started writing was take the stick out of your ass, right? That's when you're trying to be smarter than you are mm. and sounding smarter than you are, kind of thing. So, my, I try to make writing that it's entertaining and also that it's digestible. And if I'm getting bored writing it, then the, then the reader's getting bored. So hopefully it will be well welcomed, but we'll find out. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. And I mean, you can send us an update when that book has come out so we can let people know that it's available. Also, if you go to the website, um, make the most massage.com, if you scroll down first page, there's a pain quiz. So anyone who wants to go through the pain, it's just a three question quiz and it'll help identify your problem. And then I'll give you a video solution to that problem. Oh, that's cool. So um, that's, you know, if you want to do that, that's there for you. Well, I appreciate so much you talking to us so late at night, um, as I said to you via email, because of lockdown and children and all of these fun things, we're pretty much doing majority of our recordings from our bedroom at night after the kids go to bed. Um, so we are very grateful whenever somebody is making time for us at 8.30 or 9 p.m. More power to you. You guys are, that's impressive. That's a, that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of uh, drive. Right on, brother. This was fun. Thanks, Marcus. It's been a great time. Thanks, Amanda. All right. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.